Welcome to the Restoration Church Podcast. To learn more about our church, give, share a prayer request, or access our weekly worship guide, visit us at www.restorationlex.com slash this week. series uh, of racial racial reconciliation and so uh, as I joined that but uh, even before that uh, I have been connected to restoration long before restoration was restoration uh, in the form of Chad and and Karen both and so uh, me and Chad go back all the way to high school uh, where we were uh, at Lafayette uh, go generals Uh, (laughs) uh, so we were both generals and we were both believers in Christ uh, and so we found that there was no LCA, there was no Bible studies, there were no anything. And so um, as you know, I came to faith very young, uh, but kind of fell away. And then uh, my junior year, uh, I rededicated my life to Christ and was now ready to do his work. And me and Chad met up and we actually led a Bible study in high school. And so we talked in the back today about how it's come full circle Uh, that we are still 20 years later, still serving Christ, still doing his work, still uh, reaching out, still loving people, still wanting people to know Christ. And so uh, it's an amazing time. And uh, how I met Justin was probably five or six years ago, Second Presbyterian. uh, And we actually are church planters. So when I say we, my wife and myself, uh, we planted Remnant Community Church 13 years ago in our house. Uh, So we were a house church for almost a year um, before we outgrew that, and then we went to Second Presbyterian. I actually uh, ran across Justin there. We we're sharing spaces, all those at different times, and so uh, it's just been an interesting ride and an interesting journey as church planners, as uh, small church pastors. Uh, I would not trade it. Uh, I love our church. Uh, currently, my wife is speaking uh, at our church right now, and so they all wanted to come, and I was like, nope, uh, you all were still having service. Uh, We are planning to do a joint service uh, with you all, uh, and so we're excited about that. But I'm thankful for my son, Josiah, uh, that's here to support me uh, and help me as I'm the one-armed bandit right now. And so just had rotator cuff surgery. uh, But I won't prolong it. I do want to get into the Word because I believe that God has something to say to us today. Amen. Uh, I believe in the power of His Word. I believe in the power of His Spirit. And I believe that He can meet every need that you have today all at the same time, right? That's how awesome God is. That's how magnanimous he is. That's how infinite he is, is that he can speak to us uh, in different ways at different places. Uh, So I'm going to come from the title, The Hope of Glory. Amen. The Hope of Glory. And so if you'll turn to Colossians 1 and 27. And so as I prayed and just asked God, like, hey, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to uh, talk about? I was about half asleep and I just heard this phrase, the hope of glory. Amen. And so as I began to, to, to seek God and figure out, you know, okay, what do you want to say? I know that's one of his redemptive names, uh, as, as he is the hope of glory. Amen. And so Colossians 1 and 27 says this, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are all the riches of glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to read that again because... Uh, I think it's very important, and it lays the foundation for what I'm going to talk about today. It says, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, 
the hope of glory. So the history of this passage is that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to Christians living in a small city of Colossus. It was probably around A.D. 62, while Paul was in prison in Rome, and Paul is talking to the Gentiles who are non-Jews. And so we see here that he begins to talk about a mystery. He says mystery twice. And so we know from the history of the Old Testament, the New Testament, the New Covenant, all those things is that Paul is explaining to new believers that it is more than just an outward work, right, that happened in the Old Testament. So uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the Spirit only came on people, right? He only dwelled on people. So they were anointed with oil. Saul was anointed. David was anointed. So the Holy Spirit never dwelled inside a person in the Old Testament. He just came upon them. And when they disobeyed, he left, right? So they had to go through the sacrifice and they had to go through all the rituals and all the Old Testament commands and all those things in order to achieve his presence, right? They had to be perfect. They had to have a spotless lamb. They had to go through all these rituals, and all these rules, and I believe there was over 632 rules in Deuteronomy that they had to observe. And, the, and, you know, the Bible talks about in the law there was death. Because the reality is if you broke one law, you broke all 632. And so we are not able, that's why the Bible talks about there's only death in the law. The, the law only reveals. And so we see here that he's talking to Gentiles, which have been engrafted in because of Jesus. He's now explaining to them what this mystery is. And simply, this mystery is that Christ now dwells in you. Right? He, now, he has now not just come upon you, right? but he is now dwelling in you. To do what? To live out this Christian life. And if I could, if I could bring this into to full scope into one sentence, is that Christ in you is what is going to give you the power to live out this Christian life. Right? It is not our good works, it is not the things that we do, but it is literally his power inside of us because at times we can want to live this life out in our flesh, right? in our power, in our strength, in the fact that, well, I know that this needs to be done and I can do it. Uh, and I attribute that sometimes to uh, willpower, right? But I, I believe that uh, I always pose this question because how many of y'all have pretty, pretty strong willpower? Right? Like, you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it, right? If you, some conviction that you have, like, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing this. But I would pose this question to those that have very strong willpower. What happens when willpower ends? What, what happens when it runs out? What then? Right? We fall flat on our faces, right? We, we, we get to the end of ourselves. We become frustrated. We become overwhelmed. And so this is the mystery. This is the hope of glory is that Christ dwells in us. So again, it is no longer dwelling on us. So I want to look at Romans 8, uh, 9 through 11. I believe, I believe best describes uh, what I'm talking about. And so Romans 8 and 9 uh, says this, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. And I know that's a lot of scripture, right? There's a lot of, a lot of sayings, but I want you to focus on the first part. It says, you, however, are not 
in the flesh, but in the spirit. So we know that we are tripartite, right? We are, we are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body, right? And so we, we operate majority of the time in our flesh, right? In what we do, we breathe, we do all these things. We have inclinations, we have temptation, we have all these things. And so our, our, our leaning uh, can be that we have to live this life in our flesh, right? Willpower, good works. Like we have to strive, we have to push, we have to discipline ourselves. And all that is great and all that is needed. But at times, I believe we forget that it is Christ's power inside of us that causes us to do these good works. And what I want you to do is, is to not believe, I believe the, the trick of the enemy, right, of the devil, uh, is that you cannot overcome the things that you're facing right now, right? Sometimes we feel like our flesh, right, our sinful inclinations, the things that we do, the stuff we struggle with, the things that we face, that they will always be there. How many of y'all believe that? That some things in your life you feel like will always be there. Well, I come to tell you that the hope of glory resides in you. And Romans, and I would encourage you to read Romans 8 because it is, it is probably one of the most powerful scriptures that help you, or verses, chapters, uh, that help you to understand the relationship between the battle between the flesh and the spirit. Right? The sinful acts that we do, but realizing that the spirit is much greater. Right? That he doesn't just come upon you on ser- in service. I love what Hannah said is that we don't have to conjure up the Holy Spirit, right? He dwells in you right now. If you are a believer, if you've accepted Christ, if you know him, if you believe and trust him, he now dwells in you. And he gives you the power to do what? To overcome sin, right? To overcome the flesh. His, 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 what Jesus did and, and I, through, through my whole Christian life, I've always thought about this, is that the same, and, and the Bible's clear, it says the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. So if the Holy Spirit right now that's inside of you raised Christ from the dead, why can't, he over, why can't you overcome forget, unforgiveness? Why can't you overcome sin? Why can't you overcome not being able to love that person or loving your enemy? Right, those things that we struggle with, right? Because as believers, as we mature and grow, and I was talking to our congregation on Wednesday, as believers, as we grow and we've been in the faith, our sins uh, seem to be less, right? They seem to, you know, we figure out how to overcome different things in our life, but then we have to go a little bit deeper, right? We have to go into our minds, right? Into our hearts, into the evil things that we think about people when they do stuff to us. Right? Or when they say stuff to us, or when they talk about our kids, or when they talk about our church, or when they talk about our family, or they, you know, our boss is terrible to us, right? We begin to realize that, you know, we have to begin to guard our hearts, right? Because Jesus, in the Old Testament, it was only on the outward, remember? Right? It was only what you did on the outside. So if you, if you killed somebody, you would be killed. If you stole something, they're cutting your hands off. But we know that Jesus' way is much tougher because he says to even look upon a woman. And lust upon her. He says, you've committed adultery. So his way is much, much higher, much, much more difficult. But the reality is, is that he knew that he sent his spirit, right, to empower us to live a life, a godly life. And so I don't want you to think today that you cannot overcome whatever you're facing today. 
I don't want you to think that uh, the flesh or the enemy or whatever is pursuing you, whatever's got you down, whatever's causing you to be frustrated, whatever uh, the enemy is sending, even via people, sometimes via your kids, sometimes via your spouse, right, that you can overcome those things because of the hope of glory. Amen. So we know that this scripture, uh, verses, uh, Romans 8, 9 through 11, talks about that we are not in the flesh, but in the, but in the spirit. And it says, in fact, if God's spirit dwells in you, it says anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Right? So sometimes people try to live this out of a religious, like check the box, right? I come to church, I do this, I do that. But if you've never accepted him, then you find yourself faulting, right? You find yourself struggling. You find yourself uh, not being able to love people, not being able to help people, not, not, not experiencing what you sometimes see your neighbor. And so it's important that we know Christ and that we have Christ and that we have a relationship, right? Uh, one thing that I had talked about before was imagine having a friend that only called you because it was the right thing to do. Just checking the box. Well, I called my friend today. They can't ever say that I didn't call them. I don't really call them because I like them or because I want to be in relationship with them, right? That's the difference between religion and relationship, right? Are you coming to church just to check the box, just to feel good? Or are you here to experience his presence, his power, the fellowship of believers, right? The communion of the spirit, right? To share faith, to share, uh, uh, because at times the the Bible talks about that the strong bear the infirmities of the weak. Are you here to help someone? Right? Because when you're strong, there are others that are weak. And I know even in my life, when I've been weak, I've had others that bear me up. Right? And the thing is, is you will find yourself in both places. But one thing I can say is that the fellowship of believers in the church is a place of community. Right? It's a place where you can find help and wholeness. Right? Where you can find people doing life together. And I believe that is so important. And so the name of our church is Remnant Community Church. And we named it community for a reason because we wanted to create a fellowship of believers that came together and formed a community from every race, every nationality, every walk. And that is so important and I believe important to God's heart. Amen. And so we see that going on through um, Romans 8, it says, If the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ uh, Jesus from the dead also gives life to your mortal body through the spirit that dwells in you. I can't say it enough, is that we have to harness the power of Christ in us to go against everything that tries to stop us. And so as I was praying about restoration, what what I really sensed was, you know, a heaviness, right? A a tired, right? A, a, A you've endured right? You've pushed. And I believe there are some things, and I don't know, I haven't talked to Justin Chad, I don't know, I don't know 90% of you all, but uh, the Spirit of God began to deal with me about uh, uh, encouraging you all that God sees, he sees the labor, right? He sees you pushing. He sees the tiredness, and he wants you to remember about the, the power generation that you have in you. Right? And so there's a scripture, and I love this scripture, and I quote it all the time. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 19. And he says, my grace is all you need. He says, my power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. 
And so this is the ESV, and it's where I preach from, but I, I quote the King James. And what it talks about is that his strength is made perfect in weakness. So if you find yourself struggling today, if you find yourself in a place of weakness, it's not a bad place. That is actually where God's power can be revealed in a greater way. I know in my life I've experienced a lot of different things. Uh, probably about 10 or 12 years ago, I went through a, a very bad bout of depression because of my job. There's a lot of things going on with it. And, and so I battled depression for almost a year and a half. Yes, as a pastor, still preaching and teaching, I was in like severe depression. And I've I seen that at those times, I, I preached some of the best sermons, right, when I was like in my darkest place. So I mean dark, I mean absolutely dark, like I can't mow my own grass, like all I did was go to work, like there was no, I could see nothing good in anything that was happening, right? I was being oppressed by the enemy. Uh, there were natural things going on. There were things in my brain and just all kinds of stuff. And I'm not afraid to talk about that uh, because it glorifies God, right? Paul says, I boast in my weakness that he still gave me the ability to stand and preach and teach, but there were some Sundays where I would tell my wife I couldn't do it. I can't do it. I can't. I can't stand up there, right? And, and, and being a pastor and being a man, like, that was difficult. But the thing is, is that God never left me. He didn't condemn me, right? He didn't put me down. I was thankful for a community that undergird me, a family that undergird me. Uh, and so I say all that to say that when you're in your darkest time, if you just hold on to him, Right? If you hold on to that spirit that is inside of you, that's bigger than you, right? that's greater than you, that can cause you to overcome, that can cause you to have joy, he's called the hope of glory. He is our eternal hope, not just for heaven. right? He promises that we would have life and life more abundantly here on earth. Right? We can live a good life. And some can say, well, you know, I want to live a life of sacrifice. You can. You can live a life of sacrifice, honoring God, but you can have a good life. You know, you can do and go and travel and be and all those things and still love God, right? And still uh, glorify him in your life. And so, but he promises a life, a life of peace, right? A life of joy, a life of happiness. Now, we're not always going to be happy, right? He gives us, he gives us joy, you know, and, and this is how I define joy or, or I looked it up or something. But joy is the confident expectation that everything's going to be okay, Right? His joy is our strength. It is the confident expectation that everything's going to be okay. Why? Because he said, he said, all things work together for the good, for those that love him. So no matter whatever you're facing today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what uh, your kids are doing, you may have medical problems, you may have all these things like that, you can tap into the spirit that is inside of you that can cause you to keep going. Right? To keep believing, to keep trusting, to keep knowing that he is your strength, not you. Right? We give up on ourselves, we give up on our family, we give up on our kids, but he is the literal, the literal spirit of God that raised him from the dead is inside of you. And so as we harness that, right, as we begin to know that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us, right? to make it through the weariness, to, to make it through the heaviness, to make it through uh, the things that we are going through. And so as I close, one of the things that I want you to know is that through his presence, 
you can do a number of things, right? Because his presence dwells inside of you, there are so many things that we as believers can do. And not just living a godly life, um, but I believe that uh, because of his presence, we can prevail in prayer. We can pray. I know you all are in a a prayer series, and and that's a wonderful thing. But we can prevail in prayer because sometimes we use prayer as the rescue raft, right? It's like after we're drowning, almost half dead, have almost given up, then we'll say, God, help us. Instead of when the problem starts, we say, God, help us. God, give me direction. God, give me strength. God, show me. Uh, God, send someone to help me. But we'll wait until all we got is an arm up, right? It's like, uh, I'm done, God. And, and what does he do but rescue us, right? He's our salvation. He rescues us. And so we can prevail in fasting. We can, we, in prayer, we can prevail in fasting. I know no one likes to fast, but you know, as believers, God has called us to, right? I, I believe prayer is one of those things where God can speak to us because our, our flesh is weak, right? And sometimes our flesh is way too alive for God to speak, right? For, for us to hear him. And so we can prevail in fasting. And so I believe that God is strengthening some things here at Restoration. I believe he's strengthening your commitment uh, to serve more fully at Restoration, right? To, to do and to go beyond what you normally would, to serve more, to show up more, to give more, uh, to be a light in darkness, right? God is doing that. He is empowering He is the hope of glory in your all's lives so that you can fulfill the mission of this house, which is one that falls in line with our Lord Jesus, right? To restore, to bring back together, right? So people can can find hope, right? The hope of glory. You take him with you each and every day. You take him to your job. You take him home. You take him out on the streets. You take him to every place uh, that you go. And so today, my prayer is, is if you only check the box for religious activities, just like in the Old Testament, that today you would believe and accept Jesus who wants to dwell in you, who wants to save you, and who wants to change you. And so maybe you know him, uh, but those that are struggling in weakness, right? Those that are struggling, Jesus promised that he would, his strength would be made perfect today in your weakness. If you will turn to him for greater power, right? Don't turn to to drinking or smoking or sex or porn or whatever it may be that you you sometimes go to to feel better. If you would turn to him, right? Uh, We can turn to work or busyness, right? We can try to evade all the things that are going on when he says, turn to me, right? He says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. In your weakest moments, he says, turn to me. Can we pray? Hallelujah. God. I just thank you, God, for this time, God. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for your power. I thank you, God, that you are the hope of glory. You are our strength. And, oh, God, I pray, God, that that today, each and every person that's represented here, every family, God, every, every person, God, that they would come to know you, Lord, in a better way. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are doing a miraculous work, God, that you are harnessing, you are causing them to harness the power that is within them. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord, that you raised Jesus, that we would be able to overcome every sin. Uh, We would be able to overcome all frustration, all weariness, oppression, and depression. God, we thank you, God, that you are at work in the lives of every believer, uh, that they will not be overtaken by the flesh, 
uh, they will not be overtaken by the enemy. They will not even be overtaken, God, by the sins that they do. God, we thank you, God, that you said there is therefore no condemnation in Christ Jesus. As we make mistakes, we are thankful, God, that we can come to you and ask for forgiveness. Ah, God, and that you would cleanse us, God, from all unrighteousness, God. Oh, God, my prayer today for restoration, God, is that you would strengthen this body. Oh, God, that you would do a work, God, as they do your work, God. Oh, God, as they take on the widow and the orphan, God. Oh, God, as they strive for racial reconciliation, God. God, I pray, God, oh, God, that you would give them a new hope. Uh, that God, a new vision, God. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in their lives, God. For every person, God, that sacrifices and gives and does, God. Oh, God, we thank you, God, for what they're doing, God, and the, for the young people, God, for the community, oh, God. Oh, God, for the, the people that they serve, God. We thank you, God. Ah, uh, God, that you said that that is true religion, God. Ah, uh, that you would take care of the orphan and the widow, God. We thank you, God, ah, uh, that it is pure and spotless, oh, God, that it is the true religion of you. And, oh, God, I thank you, God, for all those, God, that today may be struggling in, in the weakness of their flesh, oh, God, uh, that your power is made radiant in their lives, oh, God, that they would have a new strength, they would have a new power, they would have a new vigor, oh, God, for you, God, that they would seek after you, God, in prayer, in fasting, God, in the word, oh, God, that they would see you, God, in a greater way. God, we thank you. God, I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.